the assistant director of Utah <laughs> High School Athletic Activity Association, John Oglesby, joining us here on the Full Court Press. Mr. Oglesby, thanks for your time. How are you? Doing okay. I'm a little sad. Uh, man, we lose the greatest drummer in rock music and Neil Peart from Rush, and now the greatest guitarist in rock music from Van Halen, Eddie Van Halen, in one year. I forgot about Crazy. the drummer. Yeah, that's true. Hey, can, before we get into football you stuff. Freddie Mercury up there with vocals and... You know, you, you've got... Uh, you weren't listening to them. Quit pretending well, like no, you know. Uh, Oglesby would know. Don't <laughs> pretend like you're a part of that Because Freddie Mercury's been gone for a while, but... <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. But sad here for music lovers, solid. It's true. Hey, uh, let's get into some uh, high school RPI talk and, I guess, playoff talk. The playoffs are coming up here. Uh, volleyball's about to start. Soccer's about to start. Football's about to start. Have you guys had to make any adjustments on the fly as we approach the playoffs with the whole COVID situation? Well, I, I think there's definitely things that are going to happen this postseason that um, likely, you know, nobody in their normal operating procedures would have ever thought of. Um, specifically, you know, I mean, there's the specter the very real specter of teams uh, having to withdraw from the postseason potentially because they are locked down and on quarantine so they can't start. That's something that's definitely out there. You know, I, I, I hope we don't, but I think it's a very real possibility. You may see some um, buys that suddenly appear in the postseason because teams can't fulfill their game schedule. Um, I think it's just going to be one of those years. There's going to be some unique things that I don't know that are you're really going to anticipate happening, but but will happen. And I think we'll be prepared to deal with those as best we can when they arrive. John, let's let's start with uh, football. Um, we know that there've been you know, some games have been postponed, some games have been canceled because of coronavirus. Uh, some teams. Uh, are canceling what they would normally do, what they had normally scheduled on their schedule next week during that fall break week, or what used to be known as UEA break uh, week, uh, and they're using that as as opportunities to make up some lost games. But some schools will will not play, and so if we have a traditional, well, I guess the new normal with the first round by for those top ten teams, some schools will have gone several weeks between games. Is the is the is the playoff format going to still stay the same with the top 10 teams in the RPI get a first-round bye? Yeah, for 4A, it's going to remain consistent. And the executive committee wanted there to be that consistency in our board meeting last week. And right now, uh, things may have changed week to week for some teams or their situation, but really, we think fairly consistent in terms John, we're losing you. So, are you guys there? Oh, yeah, we we got you now. Sorry. Okay, sorry about that. Um, But but as we go through and keep kind of pressing on, um, I think we've tried to keep things as consistent as possible, and that's our goal as we move forward. So, is that going to be the same thing with when it comes to uh, we're going to have some of these teams from Southern Utah potentially traveling to Northern Utah and vice versa, and some of these districts still are not allowing overnight travel. That and that's not just for a potential hurdle for football; that's a potential hurdle for for soccer and volleyball as well. Yeah, so that's something that I think districts themselves have, have 
looked at as they look at their travel and what they are and aren't comfortable with their uh, schools and student populations doing. Um, for the most part, uh, and I would say specifically in the 4A classification, the schools and school districts have indicated support for pushing forward with what it'll take to be able to compete in postseason events. And in the 4A classification, that, that means travel. That's just a part of it with it stretching from literally our northern Utah border all the way to our southern Utah border. Uh, I know it sounds like a softball question for you, and I promise you it's not. It's sincere. But can you just give us what you and the UHSAA has felt so far on how things have gone? You know, you see crowds with masks on. You've seen the social distancing. For the most part, you guys have to be pleased with uh, the amount of, you know, games that have gone on, but yet the, uh, the obedience to the instructions given by you and the state and local health officials. Yeah, so I, I would grade us on more of a pass-fail than a you know, letter grade. We've gotten a pass to this point um, because we've been able to keep sports going, and that's a great credit to our coaches and our local member schools, our school districts, our communities. But just because we're getting a pass doesn't mean suddenly that, that the battle has been won. Um, it's a daily focus on what we have to do in order to keep things going. Every day is a test that we're having to pass in order to get to the, the next the next round. And to this point, I would say that as a state collectively, um, we've made those sacrifices and done those things that have been necessary to get to that point. I think a lot of our fan bases and a lot of our communities have done an outstanding job at, at doing something that's very uncomfortable and untraditional and trying to make it I give them great credit for that. In spite of all that, though, I think we are cognizant of the fact that the world is changing and that there's things around us that are happening um, that we have to continue to stay vigilant for. And so, again, I would give us a passing grade, but I don't know that we've, we've really gotten to the finish line yet. And so we have to stay vigilant about taking the precautions. John, will, will anything change uh, for um, football conceivably can still be done with some travel if you play it early enough in the afternoon. Um, but when it comes to these volleyball tournaments, uh, those are multiple games over multiple days. Uh, is there any thought that of, of moving some of these pods to be more centrally located or more regional? Uh, how's it, or is it just it's already laid out, we're going to try to do the best that we can with what we have? Yeah, so the executive committee has set for there to be more of a pod structure to our volleyball playoffs. Um, they felt strongly that schools that were successful throughout the season and earned seeding for that were deserving of getting, um, you know, round assignments. But, I mean, the move was made due to um, Utah Valley University not uh, being able to have outside entities on campus this fall to move to a centralized site um, in Richfield for 4A volleyball. And so, again, I had great credit to our board um, as well as members of our staff for being able to quickly pivot when situations have come about. Again, I'm confident and I'm hopeful that that's going to lead to um, an outstanding experience still for our student-athletes this fall. 
in regards to boys and girls basketball uh, and in those winter sports, are you still planning for those to start on time? And uh, are there any restrictions there in that regard because it is an indoor atmosphere? Yeah, so we've continued um, with our return-to-play protocol, which is masks are required um, at indoor events. And so that will be a big part of what we're doing for basketball as well as wrestling is masks are going to be required at indoor events. Uh, as of right now, our boards have maintained that they want to proceed as normal. Um, and that's really, again, been the established pattern of this fall is we are going to proceed as normal on a normal timeline with what we're doing. And we're going to prepare to start basketball and proceed as normal throughout the season until we have to pivot and go another direction. John, with this uh, coronavirus and how it's been going, we know some some games have been canceled and postponed. Uh, and some are trying to make that up this next week with, uh, w- with football, but uh, you said you gave yourselves a, a passing grade, and I know that there's attitudes vary across the state about you know how serious to approach uh, this virus. But how's the, these districts and these athletic departments have still tried to manage getting through all of this? I mean, how would you assess how that's gone? I know it's kind of different from some parts where it's more rural or urban, but. Generally speaking, how would you assess how things are going with some of these schools and how they're handling it? I, I give tremendous credit to our member school administrators, athletic directors, and coaches across the state. That's the, that's the boots on the ground in terms of what we're doing, and they deserve tremendous credit. They've had to manage situations that are uncomfortable and, and, and uncharacteristic of how we've done business. They've had to quickly... Uh, adjust to changing rules and regulations that have come down um, due to various best practices and pieces of information that have come about from, um, you know, government sources, medical sources, health sources. I think the job that our coaches and athletic directors and administrators have done is nothing short of phenomenal. Uh, and, and that includes as well just the efforts to keep kids going to school. You have teachers doing hybrid teaching, online teaching, consistent everyday teaching. I mean, it's absolutely extraordinary what our educational professionals have done here in the great state of Utah. And I think when this entire tale is written, when every piece of it is is sifted through and people look back at what sustained us through this time, they're going to look at the efforts of teachers, coaches, administrators, they're going to look at those efforts, and they're going to say, this is what kept us going in the educational world in spite of all the doubt and all the uncertainty. It's really inspiring. Hey, John, just a, uh, this is a, what, the second year we're doing RPI for, for a lot of sports. Uh, it's been involved with some sports already, but uh, notably for, for football, it's the second year of doing this with a different format with the playoffs as well. Last year there were a couple of cases where there were some schools that they had a lot of injuries. They just they couldn't find a way to win a game, and uh, they were ready to be done, but they still had to play one more game. Uh, and I know that there were some schools that didn't really want to play that extra game, but they still did. Uh, is Any changes potentially moving forward with tweaking how the RPI and the, and the playoff format works in the state? 
Well, one thing that always existed even last year for those teams was the petition to withdraw from the postseason has always existed, meaning that if a school is interested in withdrawing and not participating, they're able to indicate that to our office that they don't want to be seated into the tournament. Now, doing that and saying you want to do that after the fact are two different things uh, because it's a, it's a big move. Uh, as a community to say, look, even though our kids can play in the postseason, we don't want to continue. So that still exists for this year. Um, to this point, other than the 6A classification, which has chosen to drop their team sport state tournament field to 2014, our classifications, for the most part, particularly the 4A, which is uh, a lot of your area, has maintained that they want to have an all-comers style state tournament because they want kids to experience competing in the postseason. And if an individual school chooses not to, then that's their prerogative and their responsibility to indicate that to our office. And then overall, just the, the uh, I guess, evaluating RPI and how it's working. I mean, you had a full season last year. You've had uh, much of a season now for at least specifically for football, soccer, and volleyball. I mean, what's the evaluation on how it's working, and is it working how it was intended? I think it's worked how it's intended to be in terms of creating flexibility. I mean, there, you know, it, it's not to be, you know, grandiose as some in our popular culture tend to be when looking at different things. Um, but it, it, really, our playoff structure under the old region system would have cracked this year with the way you're talking about the game cancellations and different things. And the RPIs created it to where, uh, while it's unfortunate that kids aren't having an opportunity to participate in those games, it's created it to where there's really not a, a deviation in terms of our pathway to the postseason. Um, it's, it's, it's not important in terms of the postseason for um, you know, a, a region football game and a region champion to get decided. It doesn't matter because you're taking teams out of what they're um, what they're seeded out from the RPI. And so, I think it's been a positive this year. I think it'll always be talked about um, because there's always ways to manipulate the algorithm to benefit a particular team or a particular situation. Uh, but overall, I would say it's been a positive. And we continue to monitor it, look at it to make sure that it's the best possible way possible to seed our state tournaments to create a great experience for our student athletes. Last question for me, John, before I let you go. Uh, question about fans being able to attend when you come yeah. to these state championship level events, uh, whether it's the volleyball tournament down in Richfield or the the football championships uh, uh, and soccer down at Rio Tinto. I mean, what is the are there going to be restrictions on how many fans can attend and can fans attend, period? So the number one thing I would say is fans need to get in the habit of visiting with their school athletic director regarding what the regulations are. And each different venue is going to be different. Um, I can tell you for fans who will be attending 4A state tennis down at Liberty Park this week in Salt Lake City, it's a mask-required event. Fans have no choice. If you're going to be in the venue... You have to wear a mask. There's some of our venues that will be mask required. Some will be masks are required when social distancing can't happen. But if you can socially distance, then you don't need to wear a mask. It's going to vary sport to sport and venue to venue. And so I would really encourage fans to take as much responsibility as possible 
this fall to read the state tournament regulations, to visit with your school athletic director, to visit with your coach, to find out what the expectations are. I think the more preparation that fans do in understanding and making an attempt to understand what regulations are, the smoother experience it's going to be for everyone involved. And, again, that's just going to lead to a better overall experience for our student-athletes. The Assistant Director of Utah High School Activity Association, John Oglesby, joining us. Hey, John, uh, someone asked me a question earlier in the month, and I was kind of curious. Do you, as an administration, or I guess as the association, get to travel to games and go watch games uh, and kind of just get an idea of, of what it looks like? Or uh, do you guys go to these games, or do you kind of stay out of it and, and stay out of the way? I would say it depends. You know, we, we definitely have... I would say all of us on our staff have been some form of game across all of our sports this fall. Uh, I think it depends sport to sport, person to person. Um, one thing I will say is there's this idea sometimes that our association, that our office is cut off from our schools and we're not really aware of what's going on. And I would say that in some form or fashion, we're in constant communication with school administrators and coaches around the state day to day. Um, it's a constant flow of information, information coming from us and then information coming back to us from them. And through that process and through that attendance of games, we're really able to understand what's affecting our schools and then try to create a best course of action. That's one reason why I would give us a passing grade this fall as an association is I think the communication and the collaboration between our association and our member schools and government entities, health leaders around the state, I think that collaboration has allowed us to keep playing, and that has always been what we were going to grade ourselves on was, was there a way for us to be able to play and then to keep playing? And I feel very good about the efforts that we've made to get a passing grade on those goals. Hey, I know you're a freelance play-by-play announcer. I've been listening to a lot of games lately on TV and on the radio. Uh, odd question, random, but who cares? Who is your play-by-play team? Like, if you had a choice for a play-by-play team to listen to all day, every day, it would be who? So, I think Kevin Harlan is the most versatile play-by-play mm. man in sports. Kevin Harlan, if you were looking for versatility, he's number one. can go sport-to-sport, um, level-to-level, and be so... Um, incredibly versed and prepared. Um, I think, to me, Al Michaels is the best voice that's in the business still, even though he's entering the the twilight of his career. Absolutely outstanding um, in terms of what he does. I think when you're you're looking at different things, uh, I would say Kevin Harlan, Al Michaels, and then probably my third favorite person that I enjoy listening to uh, is Joe Davis. I think he does a great job, um, and again, extremely versatile, extremely put together, uh, and really delivers a quality broadcast, no matter what event he's working. And that's always the gold standard. Are you ready? Can you make it entertaining? Can you make it fun? And then can you try to also teach people? And if you can do all those things, which all the people I've done and mentioned do, then you're going to put on a pretty good broadcast and you're going to have a great time doing it. Hey, good stuff, John. Greatly appreciate your time. Enjoy the rest of your week. Travel safe. Okay, thanks.
Thanks so much, you guys. Always good to talk. And rock out to some Van Halen on the way home. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and some Rush. I, I got that on cue. So thanks, <laughs> and thanks, John. Appreciate Very good. you. Thank you, John. John Oglesby with the Utah High School Activities Association.